Welcome to the Bakesh Podcast. My name is Don. And I'm Scott. Your microphone is pointing at the wall. Oh, hey. <laughs> did, did the wall say anything? Uh, no, unfortunately. I feel like um, maybe I could say, like, if a fly on the wall did something or... Yes, yeah, if you turn dials, things happen. This one? I'm just not sure which dials do what. All right. Ooh, oh, it oh, stayed. Oh, nice. All right. All right. That's Hello. a good stand. I should get another one of those. I was going to say, it's kind of nice. It doesn't really clip onto anything. It's just got like the little stand thingy. And... Yeah, like some stands here. Yeah. We have a boom mic, and then we have the little desk crane system. And the, I had three total crane systems, and we have yeah. one survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Which it looks like it's kind of barely holding on, right? Uh, actually, this pretty... one's pretty good. It's Those other two that died were cheapos. Okay. So this one was pretty... I mean, this is still a cheapo, but people pay like hundreds. I pay like tens. <laughs> but this one, all the stuff is like thicker and like meatier. Okay. So... Yeah, like because this one kind of moves around. You got, you got some flexibility on how it moves. Right. Which is kind of nice. Unlike this one. <laughs> this is supposed to be like, so if I drop this water bottle, it's supposed to absorb some of it so it doesn't boom in the mic. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed no, that's probably the difference between hundreds mm-hmm. and what I have. But I've noticed no real difference okay. on it. So I wonder if yeah. that got picked up. Scratch my beard. I don't know. In the mic, is that ASMR? I can't tell uh, if, it, if it, the headphones got it or not. Yeah, I was going to say, because you got the headphones on and your thing's right there. So right. it's kind of hard to decide. It'd be awesome if someone's like, I hate that sound. <laughs> sorry. Well, then mm-hmm. skip Ezekiel 44. Through. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> oh, So we're in our new digs. Um, yeah. Your your refinished basement mm-hmm. is finished. Refinished. So it was finished for the first time. Yeah. Same basement. Same basement. Never finished the first, never. So finished for the first time. I want one of those things over my egress window, mm-hmm. plastic things. Yeah, I don't remember. That cost more. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It, it was weird, though, like, because it would have cost us, like, 10 grand to make stairs, and that was five to put a big window in. Holy moly. And, and like, it was interesting watching them drill through, like, the actual foundation. I was like, dang, <laughs> this is a foundation. Like, man, that doesn't play. So I'm looking at an egress window, <clears throat> which in the basement, basically, like, I think the max is three foot off the ground <laughs> or something, three and a half feet. Mm-hmm. And so you can escape if there's a fire and you're down in the basement. And there's a cover on his. It keeps, like, the leaves and dirt and all that stuff out and... Did I tell you I put bricks in mine so the frogs could escape? No. Like frogs kept hopping so down nice. in ours and dying because they couldn't get out. Oh, yeah. So I put like some little brick, like a little brick stairway so the frogs could hop out because they're, you know, obviously attracted to something. I'm surprised down. you don't have snakes and stuff like that. You're so close I to had, the woods. I'm kind of mad. So we had a lot of snakes last year mm-hmm. when we first moved in. Like we saw them everywhere. Yeah. This year I've seen zero. Really? So. Okay. I'm kind of miss them. Yeah. We've seen a lot of. Uh, I'm afraid of snakes. Oh, these are big too. You'd hate them. Still afraid of snakes. I've <laughs> uh, seen a lot of like other stuff. You know, the typical deer, raccoon. Yeah. There's a snapping turtle uh, went through our backyard, dug a hole, and then kept going. Really? I thought she was going to lay eggs. Um, but I don't know if like she started and like, oh, it's too sunny here and then moved on or okay. what. But yeah, we got some, you got some creatures. Okay. One day I woke up, I, uh, when I was, I can't remember what I was doing. I just like, went, maybe I was going to my car or something. I saw like this family of raccoons like just walk down my driveway and cross the street. I was like, what were you guys doing? It's like three. It was like a mom and two babies. It's like, oh, is right. this, is this raccoon highway? What's going on? 
Because <laughs> ra- raccoons, though, they're, they're they're nocturnal, right? Yeah, but this is like morning, like you know. Oh, okay, so right early. in the morning. Yeah, okay. it was like the sun's coming up, and they're probably like, "Quick, back to the sewer," or, you it, know, okay. like whatever, wherever, wherever they, they hang out. Yeah. Okay. It's like, what is going on here? Yeah, we don't have. I haven't seen any raccoons. We got a couple possums. Squirrels are everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Everywhere. Little rodents. Um, I haven't seen many rats or anything. No. Um. I, when we lived across the highway, down by the river, I'd see rats on occasion, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen them like in the more populated areas like mm-hmm. ever. Okay. And we were only like maybe two miles from the river yeah. downtown. So like they obviously didn't like something. Okay. Keep They kept them down there. They had enough food or I don't know. So we have friends that, that stand on the ramp from 75 to... 75 and paddock yeah and they say they've got some gigantic rats like they say they're huge i haven't seen them i mean we get off and hang out with them every once in a while but i haven't seen them but they say they're huge i don't want to see those now i'd rather see snakes but that's our snakes probably eat that stuff that's true so i'll take them yeah we don't have a lot of i haven't seen a lot of snakes moles we got moles a ton of those uh yeah we don't have as many but that's probably because they like dug them up to put the house in okay I, I wish the moles would disappear. You just see it go. It's like, oh, oh you yeah. actually see the tunnels kind of mm-hmm. go? Wow. Oh, yeah. You can yeah, only ever, like, step on the them. tunnel. And, yeah, and I've done that. Um, sometimes you can see them moving underneath the tunnel. Well, so we have, like, the clay, like, mm-hmm. that super hard stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moles probably don't like that as oh, much. That might be the reason why. Yeah. Okay. I hate that. It's like, why do we even have grass? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it doesn't even want to grow. Yeah. It's like, I'm not supposed to grow here. Like, you will grow here. <laughs> Wasn't that growing anywhere this year? It hasn't rained. Yeah, well, that's funny. We had, um, like, I don't know, like two thirds of my yard was brown. Mm-hmm. And then we had, like, all that rain, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, like, now it's, like, two thirds is green. Wow. I'm like, ah, oh, so you weren't dead, dead. <laughs> I mowed the lawn thinking. for the first time last night, kind oh, of. I've only mowed our lawn, like, twice. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I mowed it twice. The boys mowed it once. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah. Why aren't my boys mowing it more? Because it's not growing? Yeah, I could be. See, I yeah. like mowing the lawn. I don't want to give that to my. I don't want to teach them. Teach my daughters how to do it. I don't mind it, but there's a lot of other stuff I'd rather do okay. in the yard that Got doesn't it. include the lawnmower right now. Okay, but my yeah. lawn's like tiny, so I mean, half mine's in a creek bed. Oh, so so you have to go swimming. Uh, I mow over the honeysuckle. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm you're down. Yeah, and, and that grows back. Yeah, there's like, tons of with it friends. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. It's not like old men here. Hey, honeysuckle in the lawn and the moles. Sorry, sorry, dear listeners. Good thing I'm young. What's funny is this podcast will come out. It'll be like November. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we had all this rain and motor lawn 200 times. <laughs> it was like a jungle. <laughs> They're like, we're shoveling snow. What do you do mowing your lawn? Right, Where are you from? Right. We're from Australia. No. Mm. My wife's back to, uh, what if in like 10 years... We moved to a southern state <laughs> where it's warm all the time. <laughs> you know? She's talking um, when my second youngest is graduating, be seven years. And then my youngest would be going into high school. Wow. She's like, that'd be a good time to consider a move. <laughs> wow. So I got a driver, man. I got a driver. I got a kid behind the wheel of a car driving. That That's scary. I remember when you said, guess what? <sighs> We're pregnant. I was like, huh? Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not old enough to know anybody that's pregnant. You what are you had talking people about? that were pregnant before us. One. Like, yeah. But there was like, like a close friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it's like, 
Well, now you have your own. I have my I own. Know. One of mine's driving. One of mine gets college pamphlets in the mail all the time. Are you so, oh, he's a junior this year, isn't he? Because he took his uh, PAACT. Oh, wow. So the moment he took that, we started getting mail. Okay. Like, you know, come enjoy your career, blah, blah, blah. Mm. My daughter is able to go to the school that I teach at. I teach in high school. I mean, your daughter's school. in high school next year? Seventh grade, but. Oh, it's like my daughter's not. Mm. My daughter's older than your daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> but I do. I mean, seventh through yeah. high, seventh through twelfth grade. So like, she could. Oh, t- yours is a big camp. Okay. Technically, be in the same school that I teach at. I'm like, and I'm certified to teach her. Yeah. I'm like, oh my oh. gosh. You smell that? It smells like homeschool is happening. Oh, <laughs> heck no. Right. They come home with math homework and English homework, and I'm like, what the heck is this even like? I was trying to. Oh, do the decrease rate of a battery over time. Mm-hmm. And I like I was sitting there like I was like writing it down and my son's like, What are you doing? I told him he's like, Oh no, the formula is this. And I was like, Shut up. Like <laughs> you're not supposed to just know it. Yeah. I'm like mathing it out. It's like, oh, here's the formula. Mm-hmm. I never knew that formula. I don't even know how to do it with the formula. Like uh, these things yeah. are complicated. And it's yeah. math, English, and I'm like I didn't know. I can hear the toilet flushing from down here. All right. <laughs> I'm not down here very often, so. Apparently. This is nice, though. Mm-hmm. This is I like our new studio. Well, the goal is hopefully it'll be a nice little apartment for someone who doesn't have a place for a while. And then that's kind of the other. Well, they're going to have to live in that room because this is our studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can Sorry. go. Sorry. You have to leave on Thursday nights yeah. from. You need another door there so they don't bug yeah. us. <laughs> Can you go ahead and get in your room? <laughs> Just huddle up by the furnace. This is our place. Stay nice and warm. Eh, not now, it isn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So, but man, that's it. Could be water running. Okay. So, oh. they, yeah. so they're gonna hear any time that you flush. They, or... they probably won't hear it. Let okay. No, no, no. It. I'm talking about like whoever lives uh, down here. You're gonna be in the middle of the night and. Oh yeah, that would be kind of. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I don't you... hear it on there. I bet you like, maybe my I don't I don't know what that is. Mm. Yeah, some pump. Mm-mm. Mine makes weirder noises anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Cool. All right. Anyway. So speaking so, of dimension and weird noises, totally. Uh, yeah, I don't actually know any weird noises. Speaking the, of, the priests the had to make sacrifices, and I wonder if the animals made noises yeah. when they were being slaughtered. Yeah. That's all I got. That was the closest I could get. So typically, I've been leading these off with what we're doing, and I goofed off. But we're going to be trying to do a huge flyover of 44 verse 4. 1 through, yeah, so 6 through 46. Yeah. End of it. So we may not get as granular as we normally like to do. Mm -hmm. um, But we are going to try and, like, you know. Give you the goods? Yes. Yes. Sort of thing? And, and, and some of it has... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the key uh, the key yeah. would be restoration, though. Like, um, through most of the 40s, we're talking about restoration. Um, I think we just talked about in 40... The end of 43... Or no, all of 43. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, beginning of 44, 
Um, we've talked about how God has re-entered the temple, um, and we are now seeing a desire for God to have a relationship with his people once again. Um, in order for that to happen, um, the key to everything we're really going to focus on today is restoration. It's mm-hmm. it's God wanting that relationship with his people. Um, a, in the visions that, that Ezekiel is getting through the tour that he's taking, um, what is going to make the most sense to him as a, as a supposed to be priest Mm-hmm. And um, I hit yeah. myself with my water bottle in the shin. Oh, yeah, he's, he's kicking things. Yeah, um, it is a pretty solid water bottle. Um, where a lot of it has to do with restoration, um, and it is within a, a visual that um, he, as a priest, would understand. Probably many, um, many of those that that um, came from Jerusalem um, that had been good Jews or even not so good Jews probably still would have understood um, what what imagery is being portrayed here um, when things are working the way they're supposed to. So how are we going to do this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, how about we read... A good old pre-production meeting. We <clears throat> still didn't pre-produce. <laughs> uh, do we ever? Sure. I mean, yes, we... All the time. Do all the time. So yeah, our pre-production is, all right, so what did you study up to this week? <laughs> and uh, let's go talk about it. What do you think is a good stopping point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we go talk about squirrels um, and, and moles, moles and, and yeah. stuff like that. And if we had a real producer. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, when we can afford to, to hire one. I'm falling down the mm-hmm. hill. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> cool. So how about I read 44 um, and then we'll kind of do some explanation and then move on to 45 and go from there. Sure. All right. So we read last and studied last um, up to 44, 1 through 5. So we're going to start with 6. And I'm going to go ahead and read. Um, if you listen to us, which that's about the only thing you can do with the podcast, um, maybe 1.5, um, you know, listen to me at 1.5 as, as, as I read through. Um, <laughs> or, you know, listen to it in your Bible and then kind of go back and, and see what we, yeah. All right. So here we go. Um, you remember how to read, right? <clears throat> See, it's summer and I'm a teacher, so no. <laughs> what are you talking about? And say to the rebellious house, to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, O house of Israel, enough of all your abominations in admitting foreigners uncircumcised in heart and flesh to be in my sanctuary, profaning my temple when you offer to me my food, the fat and the blood. You have broken my covenant in addition to all your abominations, and you have not kept charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep my charge for you in my sanctuary. Thus says the Lord God, no foreigner uncircumcised in heart and flesh of all the foreigners who are among the people of Israel shall enter my sanctuary. But the Levites who went far from me, going astray from me after their idols, when Israel went astray, shall bear their punishment. They shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having oversight at the gates of the temple and ministering in the temple they shall slaughter the burnt offering and the sacrifice for the people and they shall stand before the people to minister to them because they ministered to them before their idols and became a stumbling block of iniquity in the to the house of israel therefore i have sworn concerning them declares the lord god and they shall bear their punishment they shall not come near to me to serve me as priest nor come near any of my holy things and the things that are most holy but they shall bear their shame and the abominations that they have committed yet i will appoint them to keep charge of my of the temple to do all its service and all that is to be done in it 
rules for Levitical priests. But the Levitical priests, um, in verse 15, but the Levitical priests, the sons of Zadok, who kept the charge of my sanctuary, when the people of Israel went astray from me, shall come near to me to minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer to offer me the fattened blood declares the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary and they shall approach my table to minister to me and they shall keep my charge. When they enter the gates of the inner court, they shall wear linen garments. They shall have nothing of wool on them while they minister at the gates of the inner court and within. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen undergarments around their waist. They shall not bind themselves with anything that causes sweat. And when they go out into the outer court to the people, they shall put off the garments in which they have been ministering and lay them in the holy chambers. And they shall put on other garments, lest they transmit holiness to the people with their garments. They shall not shave their heads or let their locks grow long. They shall surely trim the hair of their beards. No priest shall drink wine when he enters the inner court. They shall not marry a widow or a divorced woman, but only virgins of the offspring of the house of Israel or a widow who is the widow of a priest. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common and show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. In a dispute, they shall shall act as judges, and they shall judge it according to my judgments. They shall keep my laws and my statutes, and all my appointed feasts, and they shall keep the Sabbaths holy. They shall not defile themselves by going near to a dead person. However, for father or mother, for son or daughter, for brother or unmarried sister, they may defile themselves. After he has become clean, they shall count seven days for him, and on the day that he goes into the holy place into the inner court to minister the holy place. He shall offer his sin offering, declares the Lord God. This shall be their inheritance. I am their inheritance. You shall give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession. They shall eat the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, and every devoted thing in Israel shall be theirs. And the first of all the firstfruits of all kinds, and every offerings of all kinds from all your offerings shall belong to the priests. You shall also give to the priests the first of your dough, that a blessing may rest on on your house. The priest shall not eat of anything, whether bird or beast, that has died or itself or is torn by wild animals. Yep. All right. So, what you got? Uh, well, uh, the first thing is back when he talks about the unclean or uncircumcised coming into uh, the temple. I think it's way back in like six-ish. Um, basically, the practice of doing so is forbidden all the way in, let me check my notes, Numbers, something or other. Darn it. Uh, numbers three? No. I'm glad I can read my own handwriting. <laughs> that would be awesome if I did not write like a kindergartner. Uh, back in Numbers, though, <laughs> um, they were told that nothing unclean should approach the temple. And uh, essentially these, uh, like, those who were foreign or outsiders or uncircumcised were considered unclean. Um, starting with Joshua, they started to employ the unclean as servants in the temple. And instead of ending that practice like they should have, they continued to do, continued to do so, um, which, you know, God is now saying, hey, let's, you know, remember we're not supposed to be doing this. And uh, the original punishment was death for the per- the foreigner, the person who was unclean that was serving the temple. So it's like a return to what it was supposed to be, that strictness. Mm-hmm. 
And then they still have the same jobs that, that they had before. Um, they are supposed to um, still, was it, um, still teach, um, still make sure that, um, yeah, to make sure the place is holy. There were some jobs, or so they are, I guess their, their big thing, they are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common, show them how to distinguish between the unclean and clean. Um, you see a lot of Leviticus, um, some of those yeah. things, Leviticus 21, uh, Leviticus 10, um, we have some Deuteronomy 17, Deuteronomy 19, um, where you see the duties of the the um, of the the priests. Um, once again, it's the idea of restoration. So they're back to being put in charge to do what they were asked to do in, in the the original. Right. So yeah. Um, and the the priestly. Well, I mean, this is jumping way ahead, though. So I can wait. Um. I think we see priests, there are supposed to be teachers, conflict resolve, resolvers, moral examples. Yeah. Um, really, if, if you kind of think about it, um, I think those are still qualities that you should be able to see um, in leaders of the church today. Um, and when I say should, I think you can look through Ezekiel. Um, you can look through many books of the Bible and go, huh, um, well, what's there, there's some discrepancies between... Um, well, there's some similarities um, with... I'm making childish faces. He is. I was trying not to <laughs> laugh and not staying focused very well because it's quite funny. Um, but but I think we see a lot of the same things that Israel dealt with, a lot of the same issues, um, a lot of the same sins that leaders dealt with back there then. Um, I think you see that in the church today. Um, however, when you look at the priests and how God wants them to be, uh, I think those are good examples of how leaders of the church um, should continue to lead today. Um, some of them are good, um, and they address those, and some of them aren't so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but here is how you should be leading. And um, when you're talking restoration and God's people living the way that they should, when you have a healthy leadership structure, being the priest, um, I think you have a healthy God's people. So there's a kind of an overarching theme in part of this chapter is one, he talks about the sons of Zadok, the sons of Zadok. Like, I don't know that just, that's 50 sci-fi written all over it. It, it um, <laughs> sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were the, uh, offspring of Aaron that did not, uh, well, it says, uh, 15, Mm-hmm. Uh, the sons of Zadok who kept the charge of my sanctuary when the people of Israel went astray from me shall come near to me to minister to me and they shall stand before me to offer me the fat but go on and go on and go on mm-hmm. um, declares the Lord uh, this was a it, what's interesting here is that the overarching theme seems to be a little stricter mm-hmm. um, some of the things later that were uh, like the marriage laws and stuff like that that were to apply towards the high priest mm-hmm. are now to apply towards all the priests. Mm-hmm. Um, the order that is like upheld here is the ones that did not go astray. It, it's like there's just this like tightening of like the the holiness. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like the like, hey guys, we've been living down here for so long. We need to level up and Mm -hmm. we need to like take this holiness more seriously. Um, And God is basically saying, yeah, we need to take this more seriously. So he's kind of like tightening the restrictions, which I still feel weird saying, but Mm -hmm. that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it seems like it's like, oh, God's really coming down on them. It's like, no, he's actually kind of like raising the standard to what it what it should have been. Yeah. Like where like if there's like a trajectory, like it should have been going up towards the standard and instead it kind of faltered and went way below it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so. things got so bad. Like right. in, in a sense, you know, they're they're trying to bring back. I mean, the temple was this place where they were supposed to experience the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the place where they were supposed to be in relationship with with God and 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 unfortunately because of their sin I mean God had to leave the temple right. and so now God does God came back um should he have come back probably not like well, did mean, did they, well I mean, he should have yeah. like by our merit heck no right right <laughs> but should he have it was his pleasure yeah, too yeah and and I think that's where I, I was going with it is we don't deserve for him to come back, yeah. but he does come back and, and it shows the desire for relationship. And this right here is restoring that relationship. Like this is God mm-hmm. saying, here's what we need to do to be cool with each other again. Um, and he wants that relationship desires it. Um, yeah. And so that's really what this is. Uh, 40, the forties are all about is that yeah. restoration that, that, Finally, God is coming back, soft heart, bringing dry bones to life, God's people living in unity, and now in relationship with their creator. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is kind of neat because we live in an era where um, a lot of churches will, once again, I'm going to say take the edge off uh, in the name of cultural relevance, where this is kind of like the opposite like, and I'm not saying that you have to go to the stuffiest high church setting. You know, you don't have to go to some orthodox thing with a guy with a funny hat and a icon walking down the aisle with incense burning, you know, to be holy. I, I, as a matter of fact, I will argue against that all day. Um, but there is a reverence piece here. And it's not just a reverence for the sake of like highfalutin hoity-toity. It's a reverence for the sake of like recognizing what holiness is. And even the little stuff, like one of the, the one that jumps out at me was like, no priest should drink wine before he enters the inner court. Like, because the inner court's like the holy place. Like, you, you know, it's like you should be of sober mind when you come in here. Like, not even like, you know, don't even think like I just need to take the edge off before I go in there. Like, mm-mm, no. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a reverence that's often missing. And we were talking about how, uh, you know, the the standards of the priest should be something that's reflected in the pastorate today. And sadly, a lot of times it's not. The The focus of a lot of churches is the, per- like, man, I got to watch my tongue. Like, like there, there are church signs that I pass that will say, like, you know, the sermon on, you know, the book of Romans chapter five with pastor fill in the blank name. Mm. I'm like, why is the pastor's name on the sign? Yeah. Like, oh, because he's getting the glory. He's getting the reverence when the reverence like should be the holiness. You know, it's like it's like when you read the book of John, 
like John keeps himself out of it until like the last verse where he sets the record straight that he is pretty sure he's not going to live forever mm-hmm. and he wants to squash a rumor. The rest of the book of John is no mention of John, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it's the opposite nowadays. So I'm mm-hmm. going to, I got to get off my soapbox well, I mean, before even, I babble. In a even bit. Paul talks about in Philippians, he's like, man, I got bragging rights. I got every reason to brag, right? but, but you know, I don't. Um, who am I outside of Christ? And and you receive a Paul like you receive me, you bunch of jerks. Like, right, <laughs> right. So, so I mean, we we do. We live in a, a very and and unfortunately, we have these um, famous pastors or these wannabe. Famous yeah, pastors. absolutely, absolutely. Who make it all about them? Um, I, I remember when we were doing the church planning stuff, and like I had a guy who was like kind of coaching me through it, and like the way he was talking, he was sworn this guy had like. 5,000 people showing up on Sundays, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I guess I kind of came off sounding negative. Like my point was he like took serious the call of the pastor and of the church mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he really made sure that like people understood like what they were jumping into. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays though, a lot of the like church planting stuff is like, all right, you're going to follow so-and-so and and they're going to do this model and you're going to be just like them and you're going to have 500,000 people showing up. It's like, you got to take it just as serious and treat that holiness with the same reverence and respect at 10 people in a room that you should be if you have 500 or a thousand or whatever in the room. I think there's an aspect of these priests. um, Also, they are called to a level of humility, like they own nothing. Um, and, and God is, God is their inheritance. Um, and so they really do go into this place of, of humility, um, this place of, oh my gosh, these are the guys that get to be closer to God yet at the same time, um, their focus is supposed to be on God, like, um, how they treat the people, how they, so it's, it's not a, oh, look at me and look at where I stand. Um, I mean, I've even dealt with pastors recently who are like, you got to sit under my teaching because I'm better than everyone else. It's like, but but it's not about you. Like Jesus brings a humility in the way that he leads. Um, he brings this servant heart. He, he washes their feet with a towel. Um, and yet Paul leads in a, in a place of humility Um and so I think really these Levites are being brought to a place of, of humility um, as they are there to serve the people um, and to bring them into the presence of God. And so, yes, they are to teach. Yes, they are. But their job also is to lead with humility, with the focus of bringing them to God. Um, this temple is this temple relationship with the priests are is all about um engaging in a relationship with God. Um, they, they, yeah. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So that's kind of 44. Mm-hmm. Man, 45 is a bit longer. <laughs> All right. Oh no, 45 is a shorter one. Yeah, Sorry. 45 is not too bad. Yeah. It's and like, then we got 46, which isn't horrible. Right. Um, I'm, I'm excited about 47. Oh, just a spoiler, like I'm not going to give too much away, but like when I was reading 47, words that Jesus said, things that happen in Acts with Stephen, stuff that happens in Revelation, I'm like, oh my <laughs> oh. gosh, like Ezekiel 47 is way fun, um, but we're not there yet. Right. So you just got to buckle in for this flyover. Yes. <laughs> All right. 45. <clears throat> 
When you allot the land as an inheritance, you shall set apart for the Lord a portion of the land as a holy district, 25,000 cubits long and 20,000 cubits broad. It shall be holy throughout its whole extent. Of this, a square plot of 500 by 500 cubits shall be for the sanctuary with 50 cubits for an open space around it. And from this measured district, you shall measure off a section 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 broad, and in which shall be the sanctuary, the most holy place. It shall be the holy portion of the land. It shall shall be for the priests who minister to the sanctuary and approach the Lord to minister to him, and it shall be a place for their house houses and a holy place for the sanctuary. Another section, 25,000 cubits long and 10,000 cubits wide, shall be for the Levites who minister in the temple as their possession for cities to live in. Alongside the portion set apart as the holy district, you shall assign for the property of the city an area of 5,000 cubits broad and 25,000 cubits long. It shall belong to the whole house of Israel. Um, and to the prince shall belong the land on both sides um, of the holy district and the property of the city, alongside the holy district and the property of the city, on the west and on the east, corresponding in length to one of the tribal portions and extending from the western to the eastern boundary of the land. It is to be his property of Israel, and my princes shall no more oppress my people, but they shall let the house of Israel have the land according to their tribes. Thus says the Lord God, Enough, O princes, O Israel." Put away violence and oppression and execute justice and righteousness. Cease your evictions of my people, declares the Lord God. You shall have just balances, a just ephaph, and a just bath. The ephaph and the bath shall be of the same measure, the bath containing one-tenth of a homer, and the ephaph of one-tenth of a homer. The homer shall be the standard measure. The shekel shall be twenty geras. 20 shekels plus 25 shekels plus 15 shekels shall be your mina. This is the offering that you shall make, one-sixth of the ephaph and one and from each homer of wheat and one of six of the ephaph from each homer of barley and is the fixed portion of oil measured in baths and one-tenth of a bath from each core. The core, like the homer, contains ten baths and the one sheep from every flock of two hundred from the watering places of Israel for grain offering, burnt offering, and peace offerings to make atonement for them, declares the Lord God. All the people of the land shall be obliged to give this offering to the prince of Israel. It shall be the prince's duty to furnish the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings at the feast, the new moons, and the Sabbaths, all the appointed feasts of the house of Israel. He shall provide the sin offerings, grain offerings, burnt offerings, and peace offerings to make atonement on behalf of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God. Um, in the first month, on the first day of the month, you shall take a bull from the herd without blemish and purify the sanctuary. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering and put it on the doorpost of the temple, the four corners of the ledge of the altar, and the por- post of the gate of the inner court. You shall do the same on the seventh day of the month. For anyone who has sinned through error or ignorance, You so you shall make atonement for the temple. In the first month of the fourteenth day of the month, you shall celebrate the feast of the Passover. And for seven days, unleavened bread shall be eaten. On On that day, the prince shall provide for himself and all the people of the land a young bull for a sin offering. And on the seven days of the festival, he shall provide as a burnt offering to the Lord seven young bulls and seven rams without blemish on each of the seven days and a male goat daily for a sin offering. And he shall provide as a grain offering the ephaph um, for each bull, an ephaph for each ram, and a hen of oil for each ephaph. In the seventh month, on the fifteenth day of the month, the seven days of the feast, he shall make the same provision for sins, uh, sin offerings, burnt offerings, and grain offerings, and for the oil. 
<sighs> All right. I think it would clap for you there. All right. Yeah. I got that. So if you listen to that on 1.5. You'd be like a chipmunk. Yeah. All right. Um, what'd you got? So did you try and do the measurements of the cub- the cubits? I did not. Um, I tried that on when like when I was looking at the original ones, and I tried to go to cubits and what that would be feet and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I think I just looked at the overall in general. What is the message that they were trying to communicate in verse forty five? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, fine. What do you? I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. No, I mean. Um, and I'm sure they like, got. I didn't even look at the YouTube video t- for this one. Twenty five thousand cubits is like. 30, I can't remember, it's 3,750 feet oh, or dang. something. Like, it's crazy. I mean, so it's almost a mile, like, because the mile is 5,280. Dang. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's giant. <laughs> it's a big chunk of land uh, set aside, so. Well, I mean, when you're talking about restoration, I don't think we've got to the restoration of the land yet. And so if you're looking back to the promise of Abraham, uh, and, and, and well, we, we did touch on the land being restored we? Okay. and other, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Past. But I think this is, we're getting still back to more land restoration here, um, and sacrifice restoration. So mm-hmm. you're talking about land and worship. So really when we're coming back to restoration, we're getting back to the place of, of how is it that we can properly worship? Um, how do we make sure that through our worship we are um, not doing it with violence or injustice, but but we're doing it with the right heart? We're not evicting people off their land. Mm-hmm. So part of that restoration of the land is making sure that that the land that's been allotted to different families aren't being abused because sometimes they'd go ahead and, and take the land because they owed a debt. And then that was their inheritance from God. So right. they're making sure that people are treated fairly. Um, if you are poor and you can't whatever, and your land does get like, you're not just taking the land away. Um, we see examples of, of abuse here where like the wealthy take, take a advantage of the poor or you've got, um, unjust measurements where you're being shady with how it is that. So he's saying, look, we got to treaty people, treat each other right. Um, the land is the inheritance that God is giving the people, um, giving the groups of people. So like if we're going to be a legit restored community and worship God the way that he, that we're supposed to, Um, this right here, we see, I would say a restoration of the worship and even in the sacrifices and all of that. I mean, there were aspects through, throughout the old Testament. And I think even after, yeah, there's times through the, throughout the old Testament where you see a continued injustice, Mm -hmm. you know, mismeasurements, shady and how you deal with money. Let's take land away and not give it back. Like, God's saying, here's a restoration of worship. It's it's making sure that everyone's treated justly. Okay. So he, he looked at the little thing and I was like, oh no. Um, no, no, we're good. I don't know. What, what else? Do, what do you have? Uh, no, I mean, that's why I thought um, <clears throat> it was kind of interesting to see the uh, holy and what we would in our day and age call it the secular Mm -hmm. um combined to continue the tradition of the holy Mm -hmm. uh so you have the prince who's kind of emceeing and uh providing for the feasts Mm -hmm. uh 
you know, that's something else that's like kind of debated nowadays is like government's role in uh, the the sacred and, you know, people get all up in arms because we're not in the same governmental system, obviously. Uh, but I this is like on my own, not so much through any commentaries that I read, but we see like the Samuel, we want a king kind of thing. We get the warning of it. Mm-hmm. But here we get a vision of like what the ruler could be like mm. and what their, like, you know, what, what their provision could be like and what their role could be like. Yeah. It's just kind of a, it's, it's a neat, fantastic picture. Yeah. Um, I can't help but wonder if it like points towards like the future coming mm-hmm. of a Messiah. Um, I don't know. But uh, the commentators, the commentator, the common, common, well, that's commentary. commentators. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mine would not identify the prince. Yeah. They said that the prince was actually not a messianic um, view. See, um, I didn't even mention that. Yeah. <laughs> it basically said that the prince was just one of the contributors financially. Um, he was a sinner just like the rest of them. He participated in the festivals. So he was a leader here, but he wasn't necessarily a kingly figure. Um, he was just someone that, that um, helped pay and facilitate many of these things. Yeah. Um, and again, you see the priestly duties. <laughs> duties. Um, the Deuteronomies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> No. Oh, but you see a restoration of the festivals. That was a huge part yeah. of their worship towards God. The sacrifices was a huge part of their worship in the temple. So you really see, I mean, the other one, you see a restoration of, of, of the priests and the leaders and them leading the way that they're supposed to. Now you see a restoration of their worship, um, how it is that they are engaging um, and their worship to God. So once again, restoration is kind of the key to, to these chapters. Um, and you see where, where God's back in the temple and he is working to restore the relationship between him and his people. And this is what would make sense yeah. to this group of people, especially to Ezekiel, who grew up knowing that he was going to be a priest. So they would understand um, what it is that God is doing here through Ezekiel's visions. Right. I was trying to see if there's maybe a little more one second here. Sorry <clears throat> for the dead space. No, you're fine. Um, I really like the making atonement for those who are naive. Um, kind of, I think it's verse 20. That's what I'm trying to find. You shall do the same on the seventh day of the month for anyone who has sinned through error or ignorance. I think the NIV uses naive uh, or who is naive. So you shall make atonement for the temple. Um, there's this like call to, as you as you were saying, like to, to restoration. It's for all things and even the things that could be missed or the people that did so without realizing they were sinning. Mm-hmm. Like there's even a purification for that. And there's an acknowledgement that, you know, you're going to try, but you might not realize it, but you still might be failing or you might forget this specific portion of your right. sin but we want to atone for that as well I, yeah. it, another beautiful picture yeah i was trying to see if there were anything else here yeah i was looking through as well again i did not get into those details it was more mm-hmm. he's addressing yeah the different ways that they are to worship um 
Yep. Oh, this is where I was getting my messianic stuff. Yeah, the uh, atoning sacrifices here uh, reflect that of the coming Messiah in Jesus Christ. No other sacrifice will ever provide uh, for a big long word before atonement that I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) The full and complete provision of forgiveness of humanity's sin has been provided once and for all by Jesus Christ shed blood when he delivered humankind from all sin by the substitute of his life for ours. Um, This purification is like a mere reflection of that, like just using the blood of bulls to try and, you know, atone for even the hidden sins. But Jesus's blood once and for all, you don't have to do it the first of the month or every seventh day of the month or, you know, Mm -hmm. et cetera. It's like once and for all, it's a more complete picture, but yeah, it's once again showing God's desire for restoration and atonement Mm -hmm. and relationship. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, although what was the bath? I didn't see anything about it. I don't know. Like they had the epaphs and the bath and an accurate oh, okay. epaph and an accurate bath. What's an accurate in, bath? In Homer? Yeah. I don't know what Homer was. Yeah. I, I was kind of disappointed because both of my commentaries kind of skipped out on a lot of the, yeah. uh, like the measurements and what they could be. So <clears throat> if I could say anything, it's just like that a lot of this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot on like, and I'm kind of wish I would have maybe googled at least <laughs> yeah a little more to see but yeah i didn't get the all the epas and yeah and yeah i didn't either that. and i could have gone into it but i think and maybe this is bad of me but like in the first 40s you know like when they're like this is cubits high and this is cubits wide and this is this and i was like hmm let's look at a youtube video right and and, and it's one of those that, that when i visually saw it I was like okay i, I get this like when you're reading it and I didn't have the visual. I was I was struggling because like oh, my agree. mind is like, well, what's a cubit? How tall is a cubit? What does this look like? And then what did the temple look like in the first mm-hmm. place? And and they would have had knowledge of the temple. Like they would have had knowledge of of the priestly duties, and and they would have knowledge of of the festivals they were supposed to. And so what they're seeing here is they're seeing a restoration of all of the ways they used to engage into like a a deeper, more intimate relationship with God Mm -hmm. that has been gone for so long. And God is now restoring. um, God wants to restore Israel. And and yes, they're, they're restoring their hearts individually. Yes. They're restoring the unity with God's people, but yes, they're also restoring um, their P, the the relationship that that God's people as a whole have with Him, and in this right here, the the temple is that ability to restore that relationship, um, and these are the ways that that, that can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with ways that they would understand. Now, right. we in our two thousand and current context, um, see how I left the date out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we can look back and say, okay, well, Jesus is going to fulfill this again. When you get into 47, I just got excited. Like I <laughs> became all giddy, like to, to see how Jesus relates back to the, the Ezekiel image. But, but we see something much greater in that restoration of that relationship. Um, but I think Ezekiel probably would have been just as giddy getting this vision going, Oh yeah. Um, because <laughs> he does talk like Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh wait, that was Mickey. Yeah. Did you ever see the new Mario movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, did you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia all the way. Yeah. It's got kind of a funny story about the song. Oh, okay. The Bowser's piano uh-huh. playing. Yeah. Did, did, did you sing it for your wife? 
No, well, yeah, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a big ugly lizard turtle thing, and <laughs> so I sing it to her. He, he's become famous again uh, as he uh, just sings that one song live. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lyrics are so deep. So, All right. Okay. I'll tell, re- tell really quick. Uh, I had, had a work function and they uh, hired for, they always do like an entertainment thing for one night and they hired these two guys that do like, uh, they play piano and they do like covers and they're like, they're kind of funny. They'll banter. They'll try and get the crowd into it. And you can also uh, write a request on a, I got some highball, a request on a card for them to play a song. And if you leave a tip with it, you're more likely to get it. Well, they somebody requested that song. I'm not sure if I can copyright do anything with it. Um, like anyone's listening to us anyway. Right. Um, but uh, so they start singing that, and the guy goes, "The guy goes, wait, 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 wait. It's the wrong song. They're supposed to sing the President of the United States one." <laughs> but instead, they did that. I was like, "Oh, they got it. Yes, this is great. Nice. <laughs> They're like, somebody pay us twenty bucks not to sing this one, but the other one. So we have to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's funny. That's funny." so if you know anything yes we are promoting mostly mostly god but mario movie is a good movie too yeah yeah. all right 46 hold on to the steering wheel of your car or onto the front seat of your kitchen table front seat of your kitchen table That, that made no sense yeah He's looking at a text on his phone. My daughter sent me a text. She's a, she's out of town, so she's oh. good. Oh, where's your I daughter see. at? Uh, she's with her grandma and aunt in the... Uh, Florida? St. Louis. Oh, okay. I want to say Kansas City, and I was like, that is so not right. Okay. <laughs> it's in Missouri, but different, yeah. Has your wife gone also? Nope. Kid, any other kids, just your daughter? No, a couple other kids could have <clears throat> went, but they were either busy or like one... As found out, he wouldn't just be playing video games the whole time. Uh-huh. He didn't want to go. Okay. So, you know. All right. My daughters would play video games all day long <laughs> if they didn't have an annoying dad that's like, guess what? Right. It's time to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 46. Here we go. <sighs> thus says the Lord God, the gate of the inner court that faces east shall be shut on the six working days, but on the Sabbath day it shall be opened, and on the day of the new moon and... The new moon it shall be opened. The prince shall enter by the vestibule, vestibule of the gate. The vestibule. Oh, I found some stuff <laughs> out about vegetables this week. Um, by the vestibule of the gate from outside, and um, shall take his stand by the post of the gate. The priest shall offer his burnt offering and the peace offerings, and he shall worship at the threshold of the gate. Then he shall go out, but the, the gate shall not be shut until evening. The people of the land shall bow down at the entrance of the gate before the Lord of the Sabbath. And on the new moons, the burnt offering and that of the prince offers to the Lord on the Sabbath day shall be six lambs without blemish and a ram without blemish. And the grain offering with the ram shall be an epaph and the grain offering with the lamb shall be as much as he is able together with a hen of oil to each epaph. On the day of the new moon, he shall offer a bull from the herd without blemish and six lambs and a ram, which shall be without blemish as a grain offering. He shall provide an ephah with the bull and the ephah with the ram and with the lambs 
as much as he is able, together with a hint of oil to each ephaph, and which the prince enters, he shall enter by the vestibule of the gate, and he shall go out by the same way. When the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feast, he who enters by the north gate to worship shall go out by the south gate, and he who enters by the south gate shall go out by the north gate. No one shall return by the way of the gate by which he entered, but each shall go out straight ahead. When they enter, the prince shall enter with them, and when they go out, he shall go out. Man, I, I need a video to watch which entrance to go in and <laughs> right. which to leave and how to do that. Yeah, like little ants marching <clears throat> through the... Yeah, I like, need like <laughs> signs and I wonder if there's a video on that. I'll have to watch it. At the feast and the appointed festivals, the grain offering with the young bull shall be an ephaph with a ram on an ephaph and with the lambs as much as one is able to give together with a hint of oil and an ephaph. When the prince provides a free will offering, either a burnt offering or peace offerings as a free will offering to the Lord, the gate facing east shall be open for him, and he shall offer his burnt offering or his peace offering as he does on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out, and after he has gone out, the gate shall be shut. You shall provide a lamb a year old without blemish for a burnt offering to the Lord daily. Morning by morning you shall provide it, and you shall provide a grain offering with it and with it morning by morning, one sixth of an ephah and one third of a hin of oil to moisten the flour as a grain offering to the Lord. This is a perpetual statute. Thus the lamb and the meal offering and the oil shall be provided morning by morning for a regular burnt offering. Thus says the Lord God, if the prince makes a gift to any of his sons as his inheritance, it shall belong to his sons. It is their property by their inheritance. But if it, he makes a gift out of his inheritance to one of the servants, it shall be his to the year of liberty. Then it shall be re, shall revert to the prince. Surely it is his inheritance. It shall belong to his sons. The prince shall not take any of the inheritance of the people, thrusting them out of their property. He shall give his sons their inheritance out of his own property, so that none of my people shall be scattered from the, from his property." Then he brought me through the entrance, which was at the side of the gate to the north row of the holy chambers of the priests, and behold, a place was there by the extreme western end of them. And he said to me, This is the place where the priests shall boil the guilt offering and the sin offering, and where they shall bake the grain offering, in order to not, in, or, in order not to bring them out into the corner court and so transmit holiness to the people. Then he brought me out to the outer court and led me around the four corners of the court. And behold, in each corner of the court thou shalt... Yep, I lost my... There was another court. In the four corners of the court were small courts, 40 cubits. I know, I know this way there, but it almost sounds like you're making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my point. So there's another court. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of quarters. They won't um, know. <laughs> in the four corners of the court... See, now I'm questioning myself. Did I get back? Uh, were the small courts, 40 cubits long and 30 broad. The four were of the same size. On the inside, around each of the four courts was a row of masonry and a hearths made at the bottom of the rows all around. Then he said to me, these are the kitchen, I almost said kittens, these are the kitchens where those who minister at the temple shall boil the sacrifices of the people. And don't you dare transmit any of that holiness around. Yes. All right, what do you have? I honestly don't have a whole lot outside of like what we've kind of already talked about. Once again, they're going through and kind of reestablishing order and laws based around the different feasts mm-hmm. and uh, the cleanliness that they're supposed to have. Um, 
some commentators think that this is uh, kind of like operating instructions for like uh, potentially a well, let me find the words do 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 hmm. uh, oh okay I'm, never mind I was cross threading the inheritance part just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm just looking really quick to see if I've got anything profound. So, so essentially the inheritance um, was the concept of inheritance. We get kind of halfway through in the, you know, run where you lost your place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, it was uh, very important to Israelites. So the laws were uh, established to guarantee that they would retain like their property from generation to generation. Um, this concept is supposed to continue into kingdom come Hmm. um and there's basically here safeguards being put into place saying that that is going to be the case like this will be kind of a more eternal inheritance thing so it's it's looking at kind of a bigger picture Mm -hmm. um which some would say that like these chapters 44 through basically the end are potentially looking into eternity Mm -hmm. as opposed to just what you see or what you read on the surface, but it's using language and vision that the people would understand. Yeah. So it's kind of potentially got an eternal view to it. Possibly. What do you got? (laughs) You're just just looking at me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm Yes. There's a lot of reestablishing of uh, the feasts, which Mm -hmm. we talked about, um, who's contributing to the feasts. Um, We're we're kind of reflecting back on the Mosaic tradition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Holiness is taking more of a forefront. Uh, Like, instead of just saying the laws are X, it's now we're saying, well, no, 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 you forgot. These laws are X because of holiness Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And we see that going on through this whole section of the yeah. of the book, and I think we addressed a lot of it in chapter forty five, and I think right. it's a really a continuation of many of the things we talked about in forty five. Just kind of continues into forty six. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if he addresses a little bit of some of the practical of of how to enter, you know, almost like crowd control, the importance of multiple kitchen, like mm-hmm. how that kind of all fits within the life of a restored community um, as they worship God. And and so really it's just kind of a continuation of, of what we saw in 45. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's idyllic. <clears throat> like it's like what like they should be doing and what mm-hmm. they should be seeing. Um, even though the practice of such proves to be hard or impossible, yeah. um, which is once again, let's give this more of an eternal view than a, current view or yeah. a finite view yeah so and again it's harder for us as a in our current context to fully relate because we don't need sacrifices anymore right but if you think about those sacrifices that was how they were able to restore that relationship with god but what do we do in our current churches well jesus is is that focus part of the focus of our worship because we now have that restored relationship because mm-hmm. of Jesus. So although you might not be able to say, okay, here's 
practically what we need to do. We kind of already do that as as a believing body of Christians. When we gather together and we worship, Jesus becomes a major focus of that. Just as the sacrifices were back then, well, we've got the ultimate sacrifice. And and let's even go back to 44 with the priests. Like, um, great, Jesus is also our high priest. So all of those things that were supposed to bring that restored relationship back then, we saw it as the temple. Mm. But we're going to see really Jesus kind of be the fulfillment of that, um, whether you're looking at a, at a, at a messianic prophetic vision um, or whether you're looking at restoration and then we see that restoration fulfilled in in something greater through Jesus mm-hmm. um, I, I think we can still see we can still make those connections and also and, and I think it makes sense contextually and, and within God's plan as a whole yeah <clears throat> so with that I'm looking forward to 47 oh I'm really looking forward <laughs> to 47 so I must admit I'm not there yet. So oh, okay, I I contemplated seeing if you want to go through the whole book, but I did not have enough time to like go all the way. Is 47 last? No, I think it's yeah, I'm 47, scrolling. 48. Oh, no, 47's think a 49. it, dude. 48 Isn't it? is it? No. Oh yeah, there's 48. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I not, just scrolled too fast. Okay, I did not get to 48, but it's 47. Oh my gosh, like I cannot tell you how much fun I had with that. And I'll, you better you better bring it. I was excited because, and it was even some stuff that I love how when God uses scripture to teach you things that are going on and it hit at the perfect timing with stuff that I was dealing with and even with like stuff I was studying elsewhere. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, um, Jesus was pretty freaking awesome, which I already knew. And then Ezekiel 47, I was like, okay, (laughs) it's got some even more coolness stuff going on. Nice. Sorry, that's yeah. No, no, hey. Yep. Don't, right. don't bury it too much because we don't want somebody like, oh, he said all this and then it was only X. So, so you know, 47's fine. St- study some 47. Yeah. Um, and if you sit there and go, huh? It's just, just, just I'm excited. We'll get you. Yeah. We got you on the commentary. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, hey. All right. Um, I got nothing else. Yeah, I think I'm good to wrap it up. Okay. Dude, how do we do time wise? I know. Uh, like- one hour and. One minute and 33 seconds. 34 right. seconds, 35 seconds, 30. Yeah. yeah so we did, we did that mostly Woo. close to our I, normal time. Yeah, I think we kind of had to do it that way because I, I can't imagine that being three episodes. No, I can't either. Yeah. Yeah. So. You were good. All right. Good deal. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye.